Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. LinkedIn's a very visual medium. And people underestimate the power of visuals on LinkedIn. They love YouTube on LinkedIn. They love Vimeo on LinkedIn. They love videos, watching videos on LinkedIn and both the app and the website. It's phenomenally easy and phenomenally powerful when it comes to communicating your personal brand. So I've got millions of videos on there because I know people and people have told me, I watched your video before I met you or I watched your video after I met you. And it reinforces your brand positioning. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Welcome back to my careers podcast, where I interview fascinating professionals who've made amazing career changes or are leaders in their field. Now, today I have someone really special and very, very high profile. His name is Chris Reed, and he is the founder and global CEO of Black Marketing, which is a global marketing consultancy that specializes in enabling LinkedIn for C-suite executives and entrepreneurs across the world. He's taken the company from one person in one country in 2014 to a full listing on the NASDAQ in 2016. Chris has been named as an official LinkedIn Power Profile 2012 to 2016 and has one of the world's most viewed LinkedIn profiles with 55,000 followers, hundreds of recommendations, and is one of the top 100 most influential LinkedIn bloggers and is the number one international best-selling author with his book, LinkedIn Mastery for Entrepreneurs. Chris has also been awarded B2B Social Media Influencer of the Year by Mumbrella and Asia's Most Influential Digital Marketing Media Professional by CMO Asia and Black Marketing Social Media Marketing Company of the Year by the Singapore Business Review. Oh, I'm running out of breath. There's so many things. He's got so many awards. It's unbelievable. Chris, welcome to the show. My pleasure, Jane. Absolutely wonderful to be on the show with you. <laughs> I know. I got so excited reading your intro. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was fantastic. And also, it's such a pleasure to meet you face-to-face two weeks ago when you were on your road show in Sydney and we were up at the top of um, the Shangri-La mm-hmm. listening to you speak. It was one of the most most really inspiring LinkedIn talks I've, I've been to. And you've got so much more happening as well, which we'll talk about later. But because this podcast is all about careers and career transition. I'd love to hear your story. Let's start off with what your career aspirations were when you were a little boy. Well, I was very lucky to have several mentors when I was a little boy. I mean, I was very much, I had my granddad, my uncle and my father who were entrepreneurs. So it's very natural for me to be aspiring entrepreneur. Um, so when I was lived in Newcastle, which is the north of England, um, I realized pretty quickly that Newcastle is a very small place. So I needed to come to London, but I wasn't very academically uh, qualified. So I kind of struggled through university, struggled through um, college and school, you know, focusing on retaking exams, that kind of thing. But very much you know, had a passion for business then and a passion for marketing then. I remember being 
the marketing director of a you know, in-school uh, kind of like company, company, um, you know, they, they try it out. And they say, let's do this um, thing. And you all have different roles. And I definitely want to be the marketing director. And I papered the entire school with all my posters and branding. And everyone went, oh, my God, what's going on here? <laughs> I thought, this is great. Look at all the reaction I'm getting here. Half of it positive, half of it negative. And so I've always had a passion for marketing. I had a look actually on your LinkedIn profile and I saw that you were part of the chess club at university and uh, the young enterprise company. Um, I think it was called In Style. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, in yeah Style. amazing. I was market director then, yes. It was had great strap lines like In Style, are, it is, are you? <laughs> so I think it sounds like marketing was in your blood, Chris. Oh, that's very creative. I love marketing because it's so creative. Yeah. And you can do so many different things to it. And it's not just, it's not just a, a brands like a physical brands or services. People like you and me, Jane, I mean, you have a fantastic personal brand. I have a great personal brand. And we both work very hard in actually creating this kind of like this brand. It's all about marketing. So carrying on from your early days in marketing, and obviously you're the marketing professional, tell me, you were in um, London and then you moved overseas, but your career started at the, the Times and the Sunday Times in London? with News International and with Bauer Media too. Tell, tell us a little bit about your early days there. Well, I actually started a company called um, Hammersmith Odeon, which is a legendary concert venue, where it was, the, it was literally the best job in the world for a 20-year-old who loved music, loved live music, and loved marketing. Because I got to market every single concert, from comedy like Jack D um, and Billy Conley, right through to great acts like um, you know, the Rolling Stones and uh, kind of like Bob Dylan and Metallica, uh, all of whom you know, played Hammersmith Odeon. So I had to basically literally create separate marketing strategies. I'd have R. Kelly one day, and I'd take that the next day. And literally <laughs> try to create marketing strategies to hit different target audiences. Well, that's the awesome. You're kind of there. You're meeting the act because it's part of your job. You're marketing the act because it's part of your job. You're seeing the act because it's part of your job. I literally virtually lived there for 24-7, like the two years I was there. And I learned so much about partnerships and connections and networking. And I met so many fantastic and inspirational people. So I then moved into radio because, again, it's about concerts, it's about passion, it's about radio, it's about music. And that was a fantastic time in the UK for radio because it, it became to agglomerate into you know, groups. So I moved up to um, kind of rainy Manchester to basically learn about radio marketing and moved down to London as the group got bigger and my role got bigger. And so I learned a lot about radio marketing and concert marketing and how I use content um, to market and very much around the concerts, but beyond the concerts into events and so forth. And then into uh, Bauer, uh, into kind of like new magazines and into newspapers, the Times, the Sunday Times, where I learned all about kind of news, news corporation and how giant it is and how difficult it is to actually make decisions and how it was all about politics. And I really didn't like that very much. So that's when I became uh, my first uh, startup, effectively, was uh, joining Rivals.net, which was a dot-com. Uh, many, many, many years before Facebook came along. It was effectively the Facebook for sports fans. And it's a wonderful, wonderful idea. Started by the people in the States uh, called Rivals.com over there. Um, but it didn't really take off because of the fact the internet was too slow. So the internet was too slow. You couldn't show video. You couldn't play, play video. And obviously sports being sports, you have to show video. Even if it's just fans have given reaction to sports, and you know, whether it's football or rugby or cricket or whatever it happens to be. So that gave me a fantastic lesson in terms of, okay, this is possible, but it's too early. So then I planned to become an entrepreneur. I knew that was the time because I'd done concerts, I'd done radio, I'd done magazines, I'd done newspapers, I'd done internet. I'd really met, learned about kind of five or six different areas. I'd also worked in the shopping mall, doing leisure uh, marketing for them and leisure attractions. So it's very much about using that experience and those contacts, more importantly. It's all about those contacts. It's all about who you know, not what you know. Because when, when my granddad was, when I was nine years old, my granddad says to me, it's who you know, not what you know. 
And that's very much true when you have a career because you basically pick up people, you connect with people, you create relationships with people. So when it came to actually create my own business, I launched it with a fixed client base because I already knew people in these industries who needed my help. So then basically I was able to sell it and then realize how you could actually sell a company and realize value by selling a company itself. So that maybe maybe really go on the on the entrepreneurial track. Mm. How did you find transitioning into entrepreneurship? I mean, as you said, you were fed up with the politics and mm. working for someone, even though it was very exciting and such a good mm. grounding for you in media and entertainment. And it just sounded like fun, a lot of fun that you would have enjoyed it. But obviously, politics always does does weasel its way in there. And so when you went into entrepreneurship, did you feel anxious at all? Or was it just, oh, oh I'm going to throw that. myself in? Oh, without a doubt, I throw myself straight into it, and I knew I had clients already set up. So I think that's the key that people don't tell you about. People say, just become an entrepreneur, just start an idea, and leave your job tomorrow. You can't do that. You actually do have to plan it so you have clients. And every single time I start a company, including black marketing, I've always had clients lined up so I know the model works. I've done my research and said, will you pay for this service? So my first model was a partnership marketing model, and I said to people, will you pay for this service? And I had five or six clients lined up, so by the time I launched it, I already had an income stream. I already had client base. I was organically funded. I didn't need to go out and find investments. I think a lot of people miss that. They miss that out these days and just think, I'll just go to investors or VCs and get a huge chunk of money. Not realizing they're giving away their shares. They're giving away the share of their company. And they'll regret that later on because when it comes to realizing value and your, your value of your company is a million times what it was when you first started, you actually have inadvertently given away millions of dollars potentially of your uh, of your own money because you were too lazy to actually research the model or basically fund it yourself or sell your house or whatever and that's really the true spirit of an entrepreneur i mean when i started black marketing i sold my flat in london to basically fund it i mean luckily for me i actually funded it also through organic sales and didn't actually need the money until we actually really went on a growth track after about a year or so but it does you need to basically invest in yourself and not give away any shares if you're an entrepreneur and i love that responsibility of being an entrepreneur and actually doing as much as I wanted to do and actually reaching out to as many people as I wanted to and working for people I wanted to work for and having that choice. You never have that choice if you work for someone like News Corporation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Actually, what valuable advice because self-funding is so important, not giving away your brilliant idea and your business as well to someone else. And then when someone else invests in your business, they want to have a say in it as well. And if you want to control your own business and do it your way, having those people who are already lined up and ready and willing for your service or your product or whatever, fantastic. And you can't do that without that valuable advice from your granddad. It's who you know not what you know, but also I reckon it's who knows what you can do is really important, isn't it? So that you you network and people get to know you, they like you, they trust you, and then the business builds. So so what would you say, what was the most exciting bit about your transition into entrepreneurship? I think it was the freedom. It was literally the freedom. I Mm. could do anything anywhere in the world. I remember when I went into entrepreneurship and I sold the company about a year later, Mm. I was able to go around my first trek of New Zealand and Australia by myself for six weeks and I didn't have a care in the world because I had the money because I basically sold the company. I was staying in a five-star hotel, so you know, the best restaurants across the whole of Australia and New Zealand, having the most amazing time and just learning so much about a completely different culture, a different country that I've always wanted to travel to. And it was absolutely amazing to be able to have that freedom. And that's what entrepreneurship, it gives you especially if you set up a good company with a good structure. Even if you're by yourself, if you set up basically a very good structure and you plan your time, you can reach out going forward. Obviously, it's easier 
if you plan to have you know a, a resource behind you and a team behind you. But I think the freedom to choose, the freedom to go wherever you are, and even now at Black Marketing in Singapore, I choose and I chose where to actually focus my business, which is why most of my clients don't actually come from Singapore. Many of them come from places like Australia, New Zealand, Shanghai, Hong Kong, Europe, America. You know, they don't come from Singapore itself because I did. I refuse to look at this market as just Singapore. The market is as big as LinkedIn is, which is basically the whole of the world. And I have the freedom to do that. How do I work for big corporations? I have to submit business plans and justify why I'm doing this and justify why I'm spending an airfare here and a hotel fare here and a restaurant here. I don't have to do any of that because I have the freedom to choose to experiment. And that's why I was doing these workshops with you, Jane, in Sydney but also in Melbourne and New York and Hong Kong and Singapore. I'm experimenting. I don't know if it's going to work or not in terms of lead generation. It's fun to do, and I love inspiring people. But if we get no clients at the end of it from all the workshops, I would consider it a learning, a learning um, thing, but I wouldn't consider it a, a phenomenal success. I could consider it experience, and we'll try something else. I mean, that's what, all to do with the book. The book's about giving away content in order for people to see and be inspired by LinkedIn, to learn things about LinkedIn. But ultimately, for 5% of them, they come back to us and go, wow, this is amazing stuff. I can't do this myself. I haven't got the time. I need your expertise to do it for us. And it's all about you know, like you know, trying different things to stimulate demand, to create demand, to uncover demand, and actually build a business. Mm, you know, you know, you demonstrate such a a curious, open mind to everything. And like, like you said, you know what I really love is when you said, you know, I don't know if this roadshow going to Melbourne and Sydney and New York and Hong Kong and everywhere, you don't know if it's going to work. However, you know what? If all else fails, you've made a friend <laughs> or many, many friends. And, many, that's, many all friends. Part, and that's all part that's of the networking, isn't it? But, but I have to say that when, when you came to Sydney and we were sitting, you know, up there at the top of the Shangri-La, first of all, it was a great location. Then you had, you put on the most fast-paced, inspiring presentation all about LinkedIn, which was amazing. I had to really concentrate to keep up because there was so <laughs> much information. I mean, honestly, you're, you're just a lot of value in that workshop. But it was fun. I laughed my head off. It was so <laughs> because you're hilarious anyway. I heard, Jane. I heard you're a fantastic laugh. <laughs> Here I go. Don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started. It was, this is a funny man, guys. Everyone listening is a funny man. Well, well, well worth it. And, um, and also what was so nice was that you gave all of us a copy of your book, LinkedIn Mastery for Entrepreneurs. Tell us a little bit about the book, Chris. Well, it came about through um, an Australian entrepreneur who approached me actually about funnel and um, he based on the side, he said, by the way, I'm a best selling author. And I happened to say to him, how did you achieve that? And he talked me through it. And I'd always wanted to write a book, but being a busy entrepreneur, never, ever had the time. But I blog all the time, and I'm very passionate about blogging on LinkedIn and using content to drive demand. So he said to me, I can do this in 14 weeks, and I will charge you X, and it will take you virtually none of your time. I thought, this is extraordinarily appealing to me. And basically, I said, okay, you can do it in 14 weeks. I'll pay you that to do that. You deliver it by then. Absolutely fantastic. And he did exactly what he said. 14 weeks to that day. We were published on Amazon.com, Amazon.com.au, French Amazon, uh, UK Amazon, Canadian Amazon, German Amazon, and we, within a week, were a best-selling book about LinkedIn. And ever since then, I no longer hand out my business card. I hand out my book, because people just don't really pay attention to business cards these days. It goes into a pile, goes onto a desk, goes into a cupboard. No one sees it. People read books. People see books. So people think, oh, yeah, who's the LinkedIn guy? Oh, yeah, he's the guy who wrote that book. And it's all about branding. It's all about content. And people take away huge amounts of tips from that book 
and put them into practice. I'm always stunned and amazed. I know it sounds ridiculous, but I'm stunned and amazed. My people actually say to me, I read your book and I enacted it on my LinkedIn. My LinkedIn now looks absolutely fantastic. And I want business as a result of doing changes that you recommended in your book. I go, wow, that's absolutely amazing. Not only buy my book you read my book and you put it into action that's exactly what i wanted but i never actually thought people would actually do it which is absolutely incredible people tell me that in america in the uk in australia in europe in china in hong kong and in singapore they actually do read the book and put the practice so it's absolutely really really rewarding that people will actually do that and remember that myself and black marketing the black marketing team do linkedin for entrepreneurs but that you could do it yourself as well Mm, this is, I mean, honestly, it's a good book. I've, I've also read the book, Chris. I've read the whole book. Can you believe it? And what wow. <laughs> I didn't just flip through it and think, oh, you know, oh, here I might implement this. Because obviously LinkedIn's a big deal for me as well. I leverage Indeed. LinkedIn a lot for yes. my business and I coach my mm. clients, you know, on LinkedIn. But you've got so many additional um, stories and examples of, of what actually works in this. It's a great book. I'm going to use it as a resource. Recommend it to everybody. So that's, Fantastic. Thank that's you. great. No, well worthwhile. But, but so, what would you say? You're, you are the LinkedIn guru. I mean, every time I open up LinkedIn, there's Chris J. Reed, the only CEO with a mohawk. And there's your branding as well, which is really, really good. Because anyone who hasn't seen Chris's photo, there is a mohawk. And sometimes it's blue. Sometimes it's another color. Right? Red for Chinese New Year. The moment is the year of the rooster. The year of the rooster is red. So I've gone red for Chinese New Year. I know. It's amazing. On, on this, we're on a Skype call at the moment. And your picture has a blue mohawk, Chris. So. Okay, I, it's I, LinkedIn I need, I, Blue. The front cover of my book is LinkedIn Blue. I've renamed my blue LinkedIn Blue. Oh, oh, I see. And also because your business is called Black Marketing, it's great because yeah. it's you know it's, it's a dark cover. It's all blue and black and white. And yeah, that that's perfect. Yeah, so it's exactly good. It's LinkedIn's all, colors. Everything you do is branding, 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 isn't it? Of course. Yep, yeah, every single thing. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, LinkedIn, because many of my listeners are, are people going through career change, and some are thinking mm. about transitioning into entrepreneurship, and mm. and they'll need to brand themselves. Whether you're looking for a job or whether you are transitioning into your own business, branding is going to be important because people buy from people. People want to work with people. So, yeah. what's the best way would you say to start off leveraging LinkedIn? You basically, I mean, you have to look at the fundamentals. I mean, LinkedIn's not rocket science. It's just look at the fundamentals. Look at your photograph. What does your photograph say about your particular brand? Is it a Facebook photograph? Is it a holiday snap photograph? Or is it a serious photograph? And does it create, does it communicate your personal brand? Look at your headline. Does your headline say what you do and what you want to do, more importantly, as well? Does it communicate your passion? Does it communicate your, your marketing expertise? Does it communicate your entrepreneurialism? Does it communicate what you do? as a specialist. I mean, your background picture, everyone's got a background picture, but hardly anybody actually uses it to market themselves. And it's like having a space in Times Square or in the middle of the CBD in Sydney and not actually using it to market yourself. So using a background picture, as you do very well, Jane, and I do, and many people who've seen my workshops do, they actually use the background picture to market their books, their events, themselves, their branding. Use that. And then you've got to start marketing. You've got to start marketing yourself through content. Put your thoughts down. No one has an exclusive right to blog on LinkedIn. You are as good as anybody else. You and me can blog just like Richard Branson can blog. We are not exclusive. No one is exclusive. If you have something interesting to say in a business context, put it down. And you'd be amazed about people who actually say, that's interesting. That's really useful. I will put that into action. Or you made me think about that. And that's what you want to do. Just use content marketing, which is completely free. All these tips are completely free. Think about how you're presenting yourself. <coughs> Obviously, your summary section is also very important. Talk about yourself. 
Talk about your awards. Talk about your achievements. Talk about your leadership. Talk about what you've done at the companies you're with. Or talk about your aspirations for your, your company. Or why you became an entrepreneur. Why you want to become an entrepreneur. And talk about things in a personal context, but in a business context. And then, you know, use the space on LinkedIn and actually do all the things they ask you to do. And then you go up the rankings, go up the search, use content, use video, use pictures, use website links. You know, bring it to life by using visuals. LinkedIn's a very visual medium. And people underestimate the power of visuals on LinkedIn. They love YouTube on video on LinkedIn. They love Vimeo on LinkedIn. They love videos, watching LinkedIn videos on LinkedIn and both the app and the website's phenomenally easy and phenomenally powerful when it comes to communicating your personal brand. So I've got millions of videos on there because I know people and people have told me, I watched your video before I met you or I watched your video after I met you. And it reinforces your brand positioning. So don't underestimate the power of video. And anyone can do video these days. You know, everyone's got a phone, everyone's got a, a camera. Everyone can do video. It does not cost the earth these days. Just upload it into YouTube, put it on your LinkedIn, and then you're suddenly creating and communicating your powerful personal brand. Oh, I'm exhausted. Sorry, I'm, just, I'm busy, 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 busy listening, getting absorbed, and everything. I 100% agree with you on all of those: the photo, the the tagline, the background photo, publishing on on Pulse, and really using content marketing. The summary section, putting everything in there. You know what I want to ask you is: what's your opinion? I always recommend that people write their summary in first person because yes. I, it's social media and yes. um, some people go no 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 it's you know I'd like it to be more formal because it gives me gravitas and you know or sometimes it sounds like an obituary as well uh, and, and, <laughs> and and I, I like first person obviously it sounds like yeah. you like first person too oh yeah and can can you tell everybody that the reasoning behind this because it's one-to-one, -one, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. You don't go to a networking event and start talking in the third person. You say, I. <laughs> so that's what it's like. LinkedIn's a networking event. It just happens to be virtual. So why are you doing it in the third person? You know, John did this. John said that. It sounds absolutely ridiculous when you're reading John's profile. Like, I know John. Why is he speaking in the third person? That's, that just sounds bizarre. <laughs> you know, you know, it's so true. I was at a networking event once and I met someone, this man, and he was talking about himself in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, pardon, I wasn't quite sure who he was talking about initially. Then I realized he was, he was talking about himself. It is very odd. I yes. have to admit it is odd. But so many people say, no, 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 it has to be in third person. And I, it makes me tear my hair out because I think mm. people want a conversation. You go onto LinkedIn to get to know people. You know, you're looking, you're searching for a professional. And if you wanted a resume, you could go to a resume database. But yeah. LinkedIn is let's get to know you a little bit, but not, not, you know, every happy snap of you playing with the dog it's all got yeah. to be in your area of expertise in your profession professional context right? yeah yes. yeah but um but but certainly you know awards and pictures of you receiving awards and and i love the idea of the videos because i i know certainly i mean for, for me even with my own business is is that if people are looking for a career coach they want to know what they're like they want to know what my personality would be like what's it like to work for jane yeah. and i'm not yeah. everybody's cup of tea some people will think oh i really want to work with her and others think hmm not quite sure about her style i don't know but then what this does is it attracts to me the type of people who like what i'm like and then i attract my ideal clients i, I think that's right. that's quite important totally 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 right you communicate yourself perfectly using content marketing like you say you're a bit like me people either love me or hate me for example probably more extreme than yours are but that's a good thing because then they, you work with people who want to work with you take you for who you are 
And that way you basically work with people more positively than someone who basically says, oh, I thought you were different. You know, I never realized you had a mohawk kind of thing. What, what's this whole thing about wearing a T-shirt at work and all this kind of stuff? It's like at least you know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have to admit, I mean, that that's what I like about you. <laughs> I looked at the picture, I thought, who's this guy with a mohawk? Mohawks went out years ago. Why has he still got one? <laughs> but then, you know, and, and, and the way that you dress, it, it, honestly, it's just your branding. So I immediately thought, huh, interesting. I'd like to find out more. And then I think because it, it created that curiosity factor as well, um, that that's a really good thing. Because if you were in a suit and a tie and you had really neat hair, you shaved yeah. off the mohawk, yeah. then, then it's, yeah. I mean, you'll still be a good looking guy chris but it's like ah, it, it doesn't have that you know that 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 i i guess attention grabbing thing it's personal uh, branding yeah it's personal branding. i can't do personal branding for myself how am i going to explain to you the benefits of personal branding yeah. you don't have to be as extreme as me by having a mohawk but it's a point i'm trying to make in terms of everyone's got something that makes them stand out every mm. single person Mm, yeah. And one one of the things I find really sad is when I find a LinkedIn profile that is so boring, just so boring. And I think, what are you doing? There's so much more that you can do to just just create a little more buzz and interest. Mm. And I always always like to say to people, write to your target audience. Mm. Think of that one person that you're you're talking to. Um, and so what are other additional recommendations you would make, Chris, for LinkedIn? I mean, obviously, if you, if you are an entrepreneur or you work for a company, make sure you have a good company page. Now, it's not like people search or kind of like, not like people follow company pages, but they do search for it. They do want that reassurance. They're not just by yourself. They want to know your proper company behind you. Even if you're a one-man band, project the fact you're not. Project the fact you are a company. When I started black marketing, people said to me, you're by yourself. You need to be basically registered as a sole trader and tell everyone you're a sole trader. I said, no, I don't. I register as a company because I'm going to be a company. And I want to project the fact of my company because I can charge more by projecting the fact of my company. Because people, as soon as they see sole trader, they basically charge you, they basically accept less or they want to charge, they want to basically pay less. Being a company enables you to charge more because then your, um, your rivals are a similar companies. They expect that kind of, that kind of that price difference. So I say have a company page, have lots of content on that company page and make sure you have connections. People say to me, you know, I only want to connect people I know. It's like, what's the point of that? You need to connect people you don't know. You need to connect people who basically um, you're networking with, your second connections, your third connections, people interesting, people in your area, people you meet at social events, people you meet at professional events, people you meet in a whole ward of um, people who react to your content on LinkedIn. Anyone who interacts with you or look as if they're in the same kind of field as you or you could learn from or they could learn from you, connect. Because that's the spirit of LinkedIn to me. That's the spirit of kind of networking. It is a, like a network again. It's, it's about a network event. It just happens to be virtual. And when you go to a network event, at least in Singapore and Australia, maybe not in America, because I've had Americans say to me, I network with people I know. And I say, that's an oxymoron. You can't network with people you know. The whole point is to network with people you don't know. But in Asia, particularly being an expat, I network with people I don't know all the time. And here in, in Singapore, in Hong Kong, in Shanghai, in KL, in Jakarta, in Manila, in Phnom Penh, in, in Ho Chi Minh, in you know Sri Lanka, in, uh, in in Sydney, in Melbourne. You know, I'm going down to Melbourne in two weeks' time. I have never been to Melbourne before to actually pitch LinkedIn. I'm going down there. I've got 30 meetings set up. I've got two. I've got a workshop, and I've got an American Chamber of Commerce meeting. I'm going to go and meet some fantastic and inspirational and amazing people. And some of those people will become and um, clients. And some of those people will go away from my meetings. Go, wow, that's amazing. I will do what he's just suggested. And that would be an amazing occasion. But if I just if I believe that networking was just about meeting people I only knew, I would never go to Melbourne. So to me, that's the spirit of LinkedIn. You reach out to people you do not know, but you have something in common with. 
Now, I'm, I agree with you there because reaching out and connecting with a lot of people is important. But what about the people who just click on that plus sign, connect, 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 and they don't oh, okay. send a personalized note. And then when you send them a message back saying, hello, who are you? They don't respond. Would you connect with them? I would connect with them, but I, then I instantly would send back something saying, how can I help you with my, your LinkedIn strategy? <coughs> so it basically has to have, as you said, has to have some kind of reason why you're connecting. And we send out personalized messages to say, I look, look at your profile and it looks fantastic. Um, I'd love to put out, I think there's lots of room for improvement and we can help you with your LinkedIn strategy. Um, so you basically personalize the message or you say things like, we're fellow entrepreneurs or we're basically, we're both in the marketing business or um, we saw you in social selling or content marketing or something quite interesting. And then basically say that the reason why you want to connect with somebody. So you can never, I think, just press that button to just say connect, 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 connect. Because ultimately LinkedIn will then effectively ban you because you get too many I don't knows. You've got to say why you want to connect because that way you'll get about 95% acceptance rate of people um, who basically you sent the message to. And that's why you go to network events to meet people interesting and then connect with them afterwards. And they'll become your advocates going forwards. And do it the other way around as well. Connect with people and say why, and then meet them at networking events. And then solidify that relationship, accentuate that relationship, and move it to the next level. Mm. What I love to do is if I'm going to a conference and I, I can see who the speakers are, I look them up on LinkedIn and send them a personalized note saying, hey, I'm going to be at this event, really yeah, looking forward to meeting it. you. Yeah. And then yeah. when I actually meet them, then there's more likelihood of, you know, there being a bit of a connection if they've checked me out as well. So it's a little bit of going yeah. out of your comfort zone if you're not used to doing that, but it's well worthwhile because it, it helps works. you develop that network. It works, Jane. It definitely mm. works. I went to a British Chamber of Commerce event uh, last week, and it was a, a, a merger between the um, a merged event between the Singapore Chamber of Commerce and the British Chamber of Commerce. So I, I'm, a, I'm a board member of the British Chamber of Commerce, so I knew some people there. But I sent because I got a list of people who were attending. I sent every single person on LinkedIn who was attending that event a note saying, "Looking forward to seeing you at the event later." And the amount of people who came up to me at that event saying, "Got your message." Great to connect with you. Thanks for the message. Thanks for connecting. Really nice to meet you in person. And it was amazing. I got more people talking to me than anybody else did. People kept telling me, how does that guy know you? How does that guy know you? I'm going, well, I just reached out to him on LinkedIn and said, let's connect on at the event itself. It's a perfect example about how you connect on LinkedIn, but meet somebody in real life. And that, to me, is what LinkedIn's all about. It's a catalyst to meet people in real life. So me and you, for example, we've been talking on LinkedIn for a couple of years. And last week in Sydney, it's the first time I met you. So it was absolutely fantastic to finally meet you. But I feel like we had a fantastic relationship before then, just accentuated by actually meeting each other. So that's the way LinkedIn should actually work, Jane. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And, al- and also, Chris, when you walk into a room for networking, people instantly recognize you anyway. So now you're maybe because of the mohawk. And what color is it going to be tomorrow? Uh, so I need to do something. What do I do with my hair, Chris? <laughs> I have lovely auburn hair. I have beautiful hair, Jane. Yes, I know, but it doesn't stand out. Maybe I need a mohawk too. I don't know. I've got, I've got to that think. I'm stand out, James. You have a mohawk. <laughs> You'll be the only female on LinkedIn with a mohawk. Oh, how would you like that? I'll put my tagline, the only female on LinkedIn with a mohawk. That'd be brilliant. I'd love that. We'd have to do lots and lots of um, selfies together. <laughs> we would. Oh, dear. Okay, well, I'll, I'll have a think about that. I'm a, I'm a little bit shy, Chris. I'm very shy. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. You are so, not shouting <laughs> Jane Jackson. <laughs> okay, now now tell me, you are on this world tour that, that yes, you know, you're experimenting and people are getting to know you. So, all right, so you've gone from Singapore to Sydney, <coughs> and now you're back in Singapore, yeah. and I know that you've got Hong Kong and Melbourne and New York uh, coming up in the next couple of months. Yes. So, so tell us your schedule and tell us what to expect. So basically, I've just I did in Singapore and I do lots of talks in Singapore, but this is a proper LinkedIn workshop tour. This is a two-hour workshop tour. So I have two lots of talks. I have one talk where I talk about my top 10 tips. So for today, for example, I go to inspire um, students at a design college in, um, in Singapore about how to use LinkedIn to get their job. But I do workshops all the time. So my next workshop about LinkedIn that goes the deep dive, deep, dive, deep dive down into LinkedIn and what to do is in Singapore next week on the, uh, the 20th. Of February, uh, and then I'm coming to Melbourne between the 6th and the 10th of February, and I have a LinkedIn special workshop at the Grand Hyatt, um, the, the club lounge, at the, on the 8th of March um, in Melbourne at 9 a.m. And then the week after, I go to New York, and I go to there to do a workshop in the first week of New, uh, first week, uh, sorry, the, the week after, which is I think the 14th of March, which I'm really, really looking forward to. It'd be quite incredible to um, go to the place where LinkedIn was actually created and go and tell lots of Americans how to use LinkedIn. Uh, because <laughs> lots of Americans think they know how to use LinkedIn, and then you show them their profile and show them other people's profile in Asia and go, no, this is the way you use LinkedIn. Um, because a lot of people in the UK and America think they know how to use LinkedIn, and they don't. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I love about Australia. People, Australians are very, very open-minded in terms of meeting me and learning and saying, oh, wow, I never knew that LinkedIn could do Sales Navigator. I never knew that LinkedIn could do blogging. I never knew LinkedIn could do employer branding. I just thought LinkedIn was a recruitment tool or a, a CV tool. And we explain how to use things like Sales Navigator, but how you actually generate leads by using LinkedIn. People are amazed, absolutely amazed. And it's things like that I'm looking forward to meeting people in Melbourne about on the six, between the 6th and the 10th of March. Mm, fantastic. So 20th of February, you'll be in Singapore. And where yep. are you delivering that talk in Singapore? In uh, in Capital Tower, where my office is in um, Collective Works, the okay. co-working space. Okay. And then on the 8th of March, you're going to be at the Grand Hyatt in Grand Melbourne. Hyatt in Melbourne yes. mm-hmm. And then on the 14th of March, you'll be where in New York? In the Grand Hyatt in New York. In the Grand Hyatt. You know, Chris Reed only goes to the best places, you know. Oh, God. Like the Shangri-Las. There's no Shangri-La in Melbourne. There's no Shangri-La in, um, in New York. Well, thank uh, God there was a Shangri-La in Singapore. I know, because when I went... Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, oh, you'll, you will be back. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well, we're back due to popular demand. I'm coming mm-hmm. back to Sydney in May to do another Shangri-La Executive LinkedIn workshop in middle of May. Oh, fantastic. Well, it's good. Well, definitely well worth it because when I got up there, I just took photos of the view for ages until you started talking <laughs> because it was so nice. So what date in May are you back in, in Sydney? I am back. It's a very good question. You can ask me that question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am back on the... I'm back for the um, on the between the fifteenth and nineteenth because I'm also appearing at the B two B marketing conference, which is being held on the sixteenth and seventeenth, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, and then we do the workshop on the eighteenth of May. Oh, okay, fantastic. So eighteenth of May at the Shangri La. So I'll have all of this. Yeah, I'll have all of this on my show notes on janejacksoncoach.com. So I'm sure there'll be lots of people having a look to make sure they know exactly where you're going to. And also people can find you at blackmarketing.com. 
Indeed, and of course on LinkedIn, Jane. Oh, no, LinkedIn. Oh, I I almost (laughs) forgot. How can I say? Okay, any other social media handles or don't you talk about the other channels? No, I don't talk about the other ones. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so all you need to do is to type in Chris J. Reed and he will just pop up everywhere. um, Everywhere. And and then we'll know. And also what's so good is in in your um, the the background photo, you've actually got the, the, the... cities that you're going to and what, what and I it do. changes all the time so that's I something I've got Melbourne there at the moment because I'm promoting Melbourne at the moment so Melbourne beautiful Melbourne is at the back of my uh, my my background picture at the moment yeah and that's something that I hadn't hadn't actually thought about before and I learned this from you is that you can keep changing your background photo oh, yeah. depending Please. on what I you're New doing York yesterday I had all of them last week I've got Melbourne now I'll do Singapore tomorrow mm. it's fantastic when I, when I feel like it all right, I'll give you a great example I went to see Armin Van Buren when I was down in um, Sydney who's a Dutch DJ mm. um, and I actually had an Armin Van Buren background picture because I was there. So I was celebrating <laughs> the fact that I was going to this amazing concert in Sydney and I changed it. But then I changed it back to the workshop after that. That's what you could do. It's like you're using it as a dynamic marketing vehicle, as an advertising vehicle. So you should do the same thing, Jane. Yeah, yeah. And I guess people can also just click on it and then they can see my comment and I can put the the URL of whoever I'm hoping to promote right. as well or, or <laughs> link, link to my website or whatever. Wonderful ideas. There's just so much more that we could learn from Chris Reed. Thank you so much. See CEO with a mohawk. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely talking to you. And once you come back from, you know, the whirlwind tour around the world, we'll have to have you back on again and you can I'd tell us to. how well it's worked. I'd love to. I'd love to absolutely love to come back, Jane. Thank you very much for having me. Okay. Much appreciated. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.